Welcome to another Macquarie Life Church podcast. We hope you enjoy this message. And uh, I have the honour of introducing Kent and Ruth, and, uh, but just before they get up, uh, every time Kent shares in our church, I really feel the Holy Spirit reveal some kind of truth to me. And it's something that you will also get tonight. There'll be a moment of something that he says that the Holy Spirit reveals to you as truth. And I really want you to take that one thing and invest it into your life. Invest that truth. Let it grow deep within you. And um, I love what uh, Philip Yancey says. Philip Yancey says this amazing quote, how diversity is the testing ground of grace. The testing ground of grace. And when you hear Kent and Ruth's story about their, um, about their lives and what they've set up in uh, Nigeria, in Joss there, uh, it's incredible because that statement from Philip Yancey really is what they're doing, where they have built relationships with their Muslim brothers and sisters, where they've actually loved They've actually gone out of their way to just serve them, to actually look at their community and say, what does our community need? What do our Muslim brothers and sisters need? And what can we do to build relationship with them? And so the diversity that exists between the Christians and the Muslims is actually, um, there's this wonderful harmony that's happening there. And so what they're doing, they're um, doing so many incredible things, building uh, computer centers, they've built a hospital, Um, they've got trauma centers for people that have um, had to face a lot of trauma from terrorists, Um, you know, all these uh, crazy uh, situations. And then uh, they also built an agricultural training center where they're now empowering lots of the people and even the missionaries and encourage them to learn a skill in agriculture so then they can go and um, take that to their own church members and and use that. Um, So I think that is an incredible thing, that they don't just do one thing, they do many things. And the fruitfulness um, is not just seen in the people they minister to, it's actually seen in the the people that they minister to minister to. It's almost like this chain reaction um, that is happening in that incredible nation. And so our church, we have a really special place for you guys. And so we're really looking forward to hearing an update from you and also hearing uh, more of your story with the Q&A tonight. So can we all give them a really big um, clap as they come to share? Actually, sorry, give them a clap. But we're going to a video, my apologies. We're going to have a quick look at a video and then they're going to come up and share with us. Thank you. I'm, I'm glad the game we played wasn't running around, you know, British Bulldog or something like that um, in the church. Good evening. Uh, we're happy to be here, Ruth and I, and it's been three years since we've been in Australia. So I'll just give a, a very quick update uh, of what's uh, going on. If we could please get that, uh, the photo, I can see it up there if it comes up. 
Um, so much has happened in the last three years since we've been um, in, in Australia. Uh, the Lord has really blessed uh, the, the work there. We have uh, 1,500 children in, in school, in our different schools now. Um, many of them are on the, um, on the site here. Uh, we have uh, 1,500 students in our Bible college um, training for ministry. And they go out and, and uh, work in mission stations, plant churches, not only around Nigeria, but nations around us. Uh, so we, we teach, our Bible college, we teach in three languages. We teach in English, we teach in uh, French, and we teach in Hausa. Uh, and so whatever language you know, you go into one of those classes and you have lectures for two years in a diploma, and, and some stay for four years, a degree or, or longer for a master's. So, the Bible College is the main center, it's the main heartbeat of the ministry. Uh, we also have uh, 400 children in our crisis care centers, two of them. Two, one center here on, in, in, uh, this is the outskirts of Jos, and um, another center um, in Abuja, the, uh, well, near Abuja, it's, it's um, in the bush near, close to the capital city of the country. And these, these 400 crisis care children, 300 of them are, sur are survivors of terrorism. Um, and so they've, uh, they've, they've lost uh, parents, they've lost family, um, they've gone through horrific, horrific situations. Um, and uh, they come in with trauma, they're, they're ministered to in many different ways, uh, they go to our schools, they grow up and uh, really become part of our family and go on to, to serve God in different ways. Uh, 100 of these 400 children are, are children of missionaries. So when I say missionaries, I mean Nigerian missionaries working in interior regions. We help look after uh, their children so they can really focus on the work of God and their children can grow up to be blessed and healthy. And, and uh, we have five children. They, they were given a scholarship in a school in England while we were on the mission field. And so it's, uh, we want to pass that on to many others and help missions uh, spread in, in Africa. We also have um, a hospital, as, as, as uh, we've heard, um, and we have different, we have minor surgeries in the hospital. We have Christian doctors coming and giving surgery for free so that you know, people that are really on the, on the margins are able to get uh, medical care um, in the hospital. We have dentistry there and we have um, wards and, and uh, 200 babies born in the last six months in the hospital, so they're, they're really going for it in that department, and um, we're, really, we're really pleased about that. Um, we're blessed to have a great doctor. We actually trained him many years ago as a Bible school student. He went on to medical school, we didn't know. But he's not only a great doctor who heads it up, he's an administrator and a leader, and God's given us people like this and all the different arms of the ministry, a, a fantastic team. We have a vocational department where we train youth in vocational skills, about 12 or 13 different vocational skills in building and dressmaking, shoes and, and uh, you know, welding and, and uh, aluminium window framing, lot, lots of different skills there. And that's for our Bible school students. It's, it's for um, youth in the community. We also have disciples. Uh, we're all disciples by God's grace, but we, we, we call this group disciples that are converts from Islam and their, their, their lives are really threatened. Many of them are killed and, and don't make it through. And others um, are, um, smuggle through an underground network in, into Joss and, and, and uh, are cared for by different ministries. We're just one of those ministries. We have 160 disciples. There's like a safe house. 
and uh, where, where, they're, where they're protected and uh, they're nurtured in their faith. They grow in, in, in Christ and learn vocational skills and become equipped for their future. We also have Mara's house, which is a new, um, a new development there where it's for women. You know, Mara is from the book of Ruth where um, Naomi's, it's uh, Mara, her name has changed meaning bitterness or the bitter experiences she had gone through in those bad times. And so these women, are, some of them have been child brides of Boko Haram soldiers, um, the terrorist uh, soldiers. Um, many of them have been raped. They've been persecuted for their faith. Um, and they've they also been smuggled through, sometimes with their children, and, uh, and have, have come to us and, and, and we nurture them and grow them and have medical care for them and things like that in different ways. We also have 100 mission stations. And uh, these are centers, rural centers throughout the nation where, we, where we're reaching out with the gospel, planting churches, evangelizing, and um, reaching just uh, hundreds of thousands of people in missions. And so we, we support the missionaries, we visit them, we um, build you know, missions. We want that to be the main focus of our Bible college. So the main focus of our ministry is the Bible college, and the main focus of the Bible college is missions. Um, giving our lives for Christ and, and spreading the gospel throughout the sub-Saharan region, um, not just in Africa. There's, there's one of the buildings you helped us build in the last two years. It, it's up there as well. Um, one of the buildings for the school children. Lots of beautiful children. Many of them in our crisis care homes are being blessed and taught in that. So God bless you and thank you for the, the time. Okay, before, just before we watch the video, Ken, which is the one that we helped build with the school? Can you go and point to it? Okay, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, up there in the top left, you've, you, that's the, school, the children's school area. Um, and you can see the building on, on the right of that group. It's, 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 you can see the bottom level of it. It's got yes. a concrete decking. Yeah. Okay, that's yeah. the first floor. So mm. we're, when, that is when that is completed, we'll raise up the second floor and roof it. And we have uh, spaces for two more large buildings. The foundations are already built. You can't see them there. Mm. Um, and that will complete that school complex one day by God's grace. Great. I just wanted to show you, Church, because last year we were able to, you all gave extra money financially in our mission, so we were able to help build that building. Watch the clip. We were amazed. Kent and Ruth first came to Nigeria back in 1986 with our three-month-old baby. We had $4 and no support, but we had the wonderful honour of working with Archbishop Benson Idahosa. Our main role there was to oversee his Bible school where we trained 8,000 pastors from all over Africa that today are pastoring in many nations around the world. In 2006, we began to look for a new place to work. We had it on our heart to work in the Muslim-dominated regions of northern Nigeria, and we settled with a wonderful team in uh, Jos, northern Nigeria, and began a Bible college in 2007. The Bible College grew slowly from 2007 to 2009 when by Christmas 2009 violence broke out all around us and thousands of people were killed, Christians and Muslims, and many, many homes were burnt down, properties destroyed. At that point, Christian faith ministries began to look for avenues to bring healing and bring peace. And this meant establishing relationships with our Muslim neighbours 
looking to help orphans and widows, and especially displaced people, millions of people, uh, began to be displaced by terrorism all throughout the nation. And the country itself was at risk of imploding in violence. Then as Boko Haram, a terrorist organization, began to expand its operations in Nigeria, it brought death to many thousands of people and uh, displacement to millions of others. And so Christian Faith Ministries found itself in an environment where the Lord was calling us to try to bring healing and peace. Uh, this meant to support widows and orphans, whether Christians or Muslims, to build relationships with our Muslim neighbours. We established many computer centres that brought Muslim and Christian youth together to not only build relationships of peace, but also to, uh, to, to develop skills that would give uh, youth much hope for the future. Can Computer Training Centre well done, team. All right, I'm going to invite Kent and Ruth up and we're going to do a Q&A. This morning they talked a lot about um, what work they're doing in northern Nigeria, but uh, tonight I wanted to interview them. I wanted to talk to them about the call of God and also biblical justice. I thought that would be some great, two great subjects that they are... Oh, gee. Thank you. Thank you, Dissa. Gee, these stools are a bit high. All right, I might get you to just put your stool back a bit, Kent, so, so those people can see. That's it, that's Hello. it, that's it, that's it. Sorry. Okay. Good, that looks good. All right. How is everyone? All right. Well, thanks, Ruth and Kent, and it is a privilege partnering with you. I think we've been partnering with you for 10 years. Thank you. Really? Wow. Uh, so the first question I wanted to ask, Kent, you grew up in a beautiful, leafy suburb in Sydney called Taramara. Warunga. Mm. Warunga, yes. all right. And Ruth, you came from a region, beautiful regional area and you both left uh, beautiful Australia to work in Nigeria, which lacks many of the comforts um, of the West. Why did you do that and what keeps you there? Well, um, when we did Bible school, we had this passion to serve God. Um, before we even met, we both knew we wanted to serve God full on. And we read a book in Bible school by, about Benson Idahosa, and we saw the amazing things he's doing there in Nigeria. And uh, Kent prayed, if we could just be in that Bible school for five minutes. And we were there 20 years, and we were trained by the best, <laughs> not just Bible's college in Australia, but under a, a man of God, a Nigerian man of God, who massively impacted that nation and had a passion not just for his own language group, but for the whole nation, Muslim, Christian, animist, the whole lot. So um, when we read that book, we were, we were just, we said, we've got to be part of so it. So can I ask, was it hard for your families to let you go? How did they, well, how did you go leaving <laughs> Australia and leaving everything behind? Yeah, um, well, com coming to Christ was hard for my family. We'd already gone through that. Um, and, um, but Ruth's parents... Um, they, they encouraged us because um, yeah. Ruth's father wanted to be a missionary and he's just a um, you know, mild-mannered... Yeah, very uh, quiet, um, staid sort of bloke. And but God spoke to him audibly and told him not to go into missions. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. and so when, when we were called, he, he was just... He got behind. He was so excited. He couldn't have been more pleased. Mm. So. so can I ask you about the call of God to, like, to a nation or to a people? Um, talk to us a little bit by that 
because it's not, you know, hardly probably anyone in this room might feel called to Nigeria. Um, yeah. How does that work in someone, you think, how God calls and what, what, what does it feel like? Um, well, well for, for me, we, I just had a, a, a passion for, for Africa and, and had it for many years and it grew in me and it's just, um, it's just a passion. I used to pray a lot, whether in church meetings like this or go out myself and, and, and pray in the bush and it just, uh, it just grew um, just as knowing that um, you, you wanted to serve God in Africa. We didn't know it was going to be Nigeria until we found out about the ministry of Benson Itahosa. Mm. But um, it's one just point a strong we considered Indone Indonesia too, but God just redirected our steps. Yeah, God directs our hearts. Mm. Mm. Um, what would you say to anyone here who felt like they've got a call to ministry and they have to wait, or they're trying to figure out what it is? What what advice would you give them? Well, I'd I'd say it's by faith that you know because um, it's just you, you you've got to you've got to know the Lord that closely and 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 what He's saying into your heart because. You've got to take those steps of faith. And it's not mm. always, doesn't always look right. It always looks like there's lots of problems, lots of reasons why not to do something. But, uh, but you just have to have that relationship so you know that you can trust God in this and he is leading you and you can take those steps. Faith mm. is, is, the, is the main thing. That I think. Mm. What did you do, like, as you step out and you, and you hear some negativity? How do you respond to that? Negativity. Oh, just people trying to talk oh, you out yeah. of it or... Yeah. yeah. When, when we were getting ready to go, we just had our, our baby girl. And uh, Kent meant the mother of a friend in a bank in Australia. We were just about ready to go. And she said, how could you take a new baby to Africa? How irresponsible. And Kent answered pretty well. He said, well, there's younger babies there already. I you don't know, know what else to say, so... But it's, <laughs> it's true, isn't it? Is our baby... More important than those babies. Not before God. And in Christ, we're all one family. So we are. No matter what country we're in. Can you share with us one of the toughest things you've been through over there and how did you get through it? I think uh, just moving to, um, to Joss in North Nigeria, we went through a baptism of fire. Just, in, it, just so much violence over so many years. Our city, Joss, was under siege. Suicide bombs and... Um, and uh, sh uh, churches shot down with, you know, sh shotgun fire, uh, machine gun fire while churches were going on. It just, just went on for years. Mm -hmm. And, and how to, um, you know, how, how to quell that violence and how to build the relationships with, with the whole, bring the community into cohesion so that uh, the, the terrorists were isolated and on their own. So Muslims stood with Christians and building that, that community of cohesion was a, was a major challenge, but God led us so clearly that that's mm. what has to be done. Throws so clearly through the Sermon on the Mount, really. Um, yeah, so you were with Benson for how many years? 20, 20 years in southern Nigeria. Mm. Yeah. And then God called you to northern Nigeria where the violence is. Mm. Yeah, well, that's always been on our heart. Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> that's always been on our heart to go to among the Muslims. And we trained a lot of people on scholarship, like we paid their fees. We came down to Benson School, went back to the north because uh, we wanted to really get the gospel into the north. We went up there and encouraged them because there was always a lot of persecution up there. But not, not to the extent that we saw in these terrorists. Or that it just kept growing every year, the persecution, the violence. Mm. So uh, we had an amazing team. 
I mean, we don't do everything by ourselves. In fact, we sit in our office and do admin most of the time. We go out and talk to people. You know, that's just how it is. We're grandparents. Yeah, we're yeah. grandma and grandpa. So uh, it's this incredible team. And the core of those people we trained in those first 20 years from Muslim background. So they are the ones with the hands-on knowledge. So we all work together as a family. One of our leaders is a Fulani, and that, so we have Fulani terrorists in the, that kill Christians. Yeah, we've got three kinds of terrorism. Yeah, so um, one of the, our leaders is a Fulani, so we just threaten him. If he causes any trouble, we report him to the police, you know. He's a lovely man. Uh, poor man, he works so hard, and I just come and threaten him, but... <laughs> Talk me through, um, you know, over in Australia, we have trouble forgiving someone that might gossip against us, but you lost, yeah, in the terrorist attack, Kent, you lost one of your friends. Just talk us through that. And how do you go through the forgiveness and why is it so important to forgive? Yeah, well, funnily, I've, I've found these greater things probably less of a challenge than little things like gossip, you know, people close to me and so on. Um, but, um, yeah, we were in an ambush where um, we were, uh, my dear friend and one of our main leaders was, was killed. And, um, and I thought it was over for all of us. I thought there's no way any of us going to, because the fire was just kept hitting the car. The bullets. Bullets. Yeah. And um, so um, I just was amazed that we got through that. But, uh, you know, just that Can you... I ask, because that doesn't really kind of happen to anyone in this room. Do you just keep driving or do you... Well, the driver was my friend, and he was he was he killed, was and killed. that stopped us from oh, driving. Oh, right, yeah, okay. Um, and uh, you know, he was killed on the spot. He, he was hit, and uh, so. Um, but then, you know, we went to eventually went to a local police station, and they were in tears. Um, uh, the policeman saying, "Look how vulnerable we are here. These people, their weapons are so much greater than ours, and they hated police, and they could be killed any time." And this is this, and the villages were the same. Just the vulnerability, and you just tasted a little bit of the vulnerability of others. And you sort of missions is not flying over in a helicopter, dropping tracks. It's it's like Jesus was incarnated among the people. He tasted. He lived among us. He tasted of that abuse and 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 went through it. And so that's what our hearts were towards doing that. And it's just a thing of the heart. I can't explain it. I mean, I'm af I'm afraid of a lot of things, but not of, not of this. <laughs> like. I'm afraid of heights, you know, <laughs> a lot of silly flying. things I won't go near, you know, but, uh, but this, God just gives you the grace. Um. Um, do you see a lot of difference in the churches of Nigeria and the Western church? What could the Western church learn from the Nigerian church? Uh, forgiveness. Forgiveness is what brings healing. And a lot of the people that coming to Wurren al Heri, they've been through things that we really can't even imagine. Um, children who've seen their family slaughtered in front of them. How do you forgive in a situation like that? But if you don't forgive in a situation like that, you're the one that's destroyed. That bitterness eats away at your heart. You have no peace. You have no joy. You have no future. So you need to learn to forgive. And this is what the church needs to embrace. These people have been prepared to suffer for what they believe. And, you know, we're suffering adverse here. We, 
we don't really think that we should have to go anything, through anything. We feel sorry for ourselves if we have a tough time. But the truth is we don't even know what a tough time looks like compared to most people in other countries. And we think that we deserve all of these things, but no, we don't. It's by the grace of God we're here. But we need to remember that to whom much is given, much is expected. So that's one of the things we need to learn. Yeah, that's one of the things that I think that um, pulled me into missions because growing up in Warunga, I, I, you know, I was the youngest child and my, you know, I just saw the blessings of God, you know, that, that we had no problems. And, and I just felt this, this uh, to whom much is given, much is expected. I, I had that in my heart when I started to see Christ in, in my t later teens. Um, and so that was one of the things that strongly pulled me towards helping and serving others. I don't really know what to say. <laughs> so, um, last question. Can you share with us your thoughts on biblical justice and how does it differ from social justice? So social justice is a big word over here. But um, tell us about biblical justice and well, the, the Sermon on the Mount, we've, you know, we hear a lot about that. I think that human justice is, is, is retributive. Um, and, um, and that often that's the justice that we seek, you know, and we think that will bring healing to us. But um, biblical justice, as we see in the Sermon on the Mount, is, is through mercy, it's through uh, forgiveness, it's through lifting up the broken and, and the wounded. And, and you know, if, if, if there's a widow that's been abused, justice is, is ministering uh, love and, and, and restoration to that widow. She's, she's getting justice, but it's, it's through the kindness of the church. And, uh, and so the Sermon on the Mount is just showing how the church is to minister that kindness and that restoration in a, in a broken world. So like we were saying this morning, when God wants to fix the world, he doesn't send in tanks. He sends in those who mourn, those who seek righteousness, those who seek peace. And these are the ones that are, are bringing about a justice through forgiveness and even of our enemies and, and making them part of this restoration and reconciliation. Because this is what Jesus did on the cross, you know, in Romans. When we were his en enemies, he died for us. And he said, follow me. So that's the kind of justice that God operates with, with us. So when we want payback, we're not following the right God. And it's, it's self-giving. So it's, it's, it's laying down of our own lives. I, I don't know if social justice involves that or not, but yeah, uh, the justice of God means we, we give of ourselves. We, we are ready to, to, to go in and to, and to take up the cross ourselves in, in serving others. Mm. One last question. Did you want to say something, Ruth? Yeah. <laughs> uh, one last question. Um, if I can think of it. <laughs> I don't know how to word What's one thing you'd like to tell us or um, the one thing you'd like to leave with us tonight, a thought? Well, I just want to thank Australian Christians. Um, you know, Australia has its roots, part of its roots. They're a missionary um, nation. You know, I went, we drove through Adelaide a couple of days ago and you're almost weeping. You've seen the church buildings and how it, how it was, a, a city of churches. And, it's, and each of these churches had an interest in missions, every one of them. 
all these little churches, you know, my yeah. parents were involved yeah, in. Yeah, my parents sent their little church, tiny church, sent three missionaries when I was a child. And it's coming back. Yeah, it's coming back. It's coming back to this nation. Mm. Uh, I don't know how, but it's, it's God's, God's going to do work and, and we're praying, we're believing God. Australia is one of the fewest, one of the few nations actually that Christianity isn't growing in. There's five nations in the world where Christianity is going backwards, and Australia is one of those nations. So, um, yep, we have a bit to go through, but yeah, it'll come back. Yeah, it will. Okay, I just want to. We're going to pray. I just want the lights to go down. I'm going to ask um, you, Ken, in a minute, to pray for anyone. I'm going to ask anyone to stand up in a minute who really feels the call of God in their life and I'm going to ask you to pray and Ruth I'm going to ask you to pray I'm going to ask then others to respond if you feel like you need to let go of something there's some unforgiveness and I'm going to ask Ruth to pray so that's two um two responses and um it's just don't we don't often to be honest get people like Ruth and Kent who have given everything and have walked with God and suffered and know the voice of God and they've got credibility and one really one of the most fruitful people you will ever meet um, so yeah I just want you to stand up if you feel like you've got the call of God on your life and Kent I want you to come and pray just pray Father we thank you for the call we thank you for your voice Lord we thank you for your presence Father, we just thank you that you are a personal God. Lord, and you are true. All these things you've spoken to our hearts many years ago, Father, you have been faithful, you have been true. Lord, you have been uh, so true in every, in every way, Father, reliable. We love you, Lord. And we thank you, Lord, for those that are hearing your voice today, Father. Lord, we thank you for your love and your, your, your uh, word and your clarity in the hearts of of people here, Father God, in Jesus' name. Lord, we ask that everyone here, Lord, would know the clarity of your voice, Lord God, that would, that would have confidence, a growing confidence in what you are saying in, in each person's heart today, Father, in Jesus' name, and have the boldness to answer, Father. Lord, that your spirit would give the courage and the boldness Lord, to answer in Jesus' name. At the end of the day, it's only you. It's no one else, Lord. It's you we want to please. It's you we want to follow, Father. We thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Ken. You know, those are so good to see so many of you stand. That's a great thing of faith. And the call of God looks so different in so many lives. So find that lane and run strong and get really good people around you that can speak in and encourage you. And Ruth, I want you to pray. Now, this is a harder one. So I just want you to stand if you think, no, I've got there's something I've got to let go of tonight or someone I need to forgive. I'm going to ask Ruth to pray for you. That is so beautiful. You are so brave. I love you all so much for standing. Thanks, Ruth. Heavenly Father, you are our Father. You care for us. You nurture us. You draw us to yourself. Father, we thank you that you forgave us when we deserved nothing. 
Lord, we ask you to pour into hearts today the grace to forgive, for healing from that root of bitterness that destroys, that you will pour your balm of the Holy Spirit into these hearts and they will be released as they learn to forgive those who have hurt them in the past, those who oppress them in one way or another. It can be seemingly small things or it can be enormous things. Lord, you know. You know our hearts. You went before us and you will go before us again. Lord, you're a creative God. We ask you to create in each life of those seeking you for forgiveness. Create a healing spirit in them. Create a new seed of life in their spirit that they'll blossom, that they'll grow, they'll put out the leaves that are healing for the nations, that others will partake of healing through them. We thank you, Lord, for this healing of forgiveness in the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit mccroylifechurch.com.au.